So this morning we are concluding our series we've been in for the past handful of weeks called Dinner with Jesus. And what we've been doing is looking at some of the stories of Jesus when he was at a meal, sometimes dinner, sometimes maybe not, but he was at a meal with other people. And he would use those as opportunities to teach them and and reveal them about who he is and what his kingdom is all about and and how we can respond and live in light of that. And so we've looked at a a number of things in those instances, and today we get to um, one of his famous kind of dinner conversations, one of his famous parables that we'll get into, and it's all about a party. And so what I want to do is have you think about what is the best party that you've ever been to? It could be the best, most over-the-top, fanciest uh, party or, or feast, like get-together. What's the best party that you've ever been to? Uh, one of the things that I think about, one of the ones that comes at least to, to my mind for me, is a party that I was technically the host of. I say technically because really it was my wife. Like, she did all the planning, she did all the coordinating, like, that was her thing. So I got to experience it, and I was the host, but not really, right? Um, And it was when we were living in St. Louis, when we were uh, going through seminary, when I was in my seminary studies uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. And and first couple years when we lived in St. Louis, we had a really fun housing situation uh, because we got to live in a mansion in the fanciest neighborhood in St. Louis, and we got to live there for a couple years. Uh, we got to live there because we would do some house cleaning and some lawn care during the week, and that was kind of an exchange for rent. We got kind of like an apartment above their garage. But what was really nice is that when they were away for extended periods of time, they would say, hey, um, go and live in the main house. Uh, didn't have to ask us twice right? Like, awesome stuff. And so, one thing we got to do, and it was all good, nothing got broken, it was all above board, we got to host a really fancy party. We got to host a a murder mystery party in a mansion in a fancy neighborhood, and we were like in 1920s get-ups, like looking suits, looking dapper and nice, and the drinks were flowing, and conversations were great, and a ton of fun was had, and that was one of the best parties I've been to. What's one of the best parties that you've been to? I'm sure you have something on your mind. Parties that are memorable, the relationships are great, the drinks and food are impeccable. I want you to think about that and realize this, that that Jesus, in many instances, and the scriptures from beginning to end, you know how they talk about that when Jesus returns, which we believe as Christians, that Jesus is not with us right now, but is returning, that he is coming back. And when he comes back, you want to know one of the main ways that the scriptures describe what it's going to be like? A party. The best party that you could ever imagine. The best food, the best drink. Like, go read Isaiah, wine, the best wine is explicitly mentioned. In the best food, steak, and deliciousness will be there. It is going to be amazing. The scriptures say that that's what it's going to be like when Jesus returns. And Jesus in this story is saying, when I return, when I come back, it's going to be a party. And he explains a little bit about what it will be like. He goes into detail, and there's some things we can glean, some things we can learn about when he returns, what this party will be like. We learn things in this story like, who's going to get in? 
to the party. We learn things like how will they get in? And then really what we're meant to also do is kind of reflect to ourselves of, okay, if I know this party's coming, how do I live now as we wait? That's what we learn from this dinner exchange of Jesus. First, Jesus shows us who gets in to this party, the party of all parties, who gets in. And to put it very simply and short, here's who gets in. Those who prioritize the invitation. The ones who prioritize the invitation to the party get into the party. Like, think back to the parable Jesus told. Jesus tells this parable at a dinner party, and he says, let me tell you about the party of all parties. That when Jesus returns, here's what it's going to be like. It's going to be like a great master of an estate. He's going to throw a great banquet a great feast, and he's going to send out all these invitations. He's going to send them all out, and he's going to invite all these people. And then you know what's going to happen is, is when the time comes, when the party happens, one person's going to come back and say, you know, I just bought a field, so please have me excused. And then another person's going to come and say, you know what, I just bought a bunch of oxen, I bought them. I didn't look at them, but I bought them, and now I need to go look at them. So please have me excused from the party. And then another guy is going to try this one, is going to say, I just got married, so I can't come. Women, right? Read it. That's what he says. Which, let's just be honest, spouses, don't use your spouse as an excuse to get out of stuff. It's not good. Use the kids, right? That's much better. Use the kids. But here's what Jesus is illustrating. He's illustrating this, that, that all these people who, who were prioritizing all these other things, you know what? They never really wanted to get into the party anyway. They didn't care about it. They didn't care about the invitation. But, but if you read the story, who gets in? Um, the poor, the, the lame, the, the broken, the homeless. You know why they got in? They got in because they heard the invitation, because the servant came to them and invited them, and they said, yes, I want in that. They heard the invitation, and they said, I want to be there, and they prioritized the invitation. And Jesus really wants us to understand that that's why the first group did not get in, because because really, they sent out two invitations. Like, if you listen to the story closely and understand kind of ancient Near Eastern kind of dinner guest practices, it says this, that at the very beginning, a master of the house sent out invitations. So he sent out the first invitation to all these people. And then later on, after they already knew, well, this is coming, we got to save the date, we RSVP'd, the servant then came and said, hey, everything is ready. The party's happening now. They made all these excuses. They didn't prioritize it. They didn't care about it. And they didn't get in. Now, Jesus is telling this story, I think, for, for a big reason, and he wants to challenge and convict the people that hear this story. He wants to challenge and convict us because he wants to challenge us and make us ask the question, would I be one of those people that doesn't prioritize the invitation to this party, to the kingdom, 
to his great banquet? Would I be one of those people? It's a question that Jesus wants you to ask yourself as you look at your life and you're like, man, do I prioritize his invitation to this great party that we know is coming? Do I prioritize that? Do I look for that? Do I set that at the top of my my heart and mind? And if we're honest with ourselves, oftentimes we don't. Oftentimes we let other things take a higher priority, don't we? We let things like the approval of other people, like we chase after that, and we live our lives seeking, man, I just need to get their approval and their affirmation, and I set my heart on that, thinking that will satisfy me. We live our lives looking at our work and our achievements and thinking, man, I I need to set my sights on on accomplishing a lot and and doing so much, and, and I orient my whole life around that, around achieving and striving and progress and proving myself. And we set that as our priority. Or or for modern-day people, and this is, I think, a lot of us here in the West, and especially here in America, where where maybe it's not work, but those of us with families, or even for ourselves personally, we think to ourselves, we need to have the most Instagram-worthy life possible. I need to go on so many experiences. Because, yeah, it's not about work, but it's about the experiences that I have with my family, with my friends, with my loved ones. And so I set my sights on doing all those things that I can post on on social media and make everybody else jealous because we're living the good life because those are the experiences that matter. And we orient our whole lives on doing that. And you know what happens whenever we make these other things the priority in our life. You know what happens to the priority that we are invited and welcomed to the great party of Jesus? You know what happens to that? Is it moves way down the list. We let other things take our mind, take our affection, take our focus. And we neglect that, that Jesus has invited us, that he's called us to this great party. He invites us to live a different way. If you want to go to the next slide for me. He puts it this way in Matthew 6. But seek first, of first importance, of first priority, the thing that is on your mind and your heart as the top thing in your life. Seek first the kingdom of God, the great party that you've been invited to, and his righteousness, his love, his work for you. And all these other things will be added to you. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, set your heart, set your mind as as focused on my kingdom first. Let that be your your highest goal, your highest aim, your highest priority. And you know what's going to happen? God will take care of you. He will give you what you need. He won't give you what you want always, right? But he says, listen, I will take care of you. You will realize that the rest of your priorities, when you get the top one right, the rest of them will fall into their proper place. It doesn't mean that, well, never go on vacations, never work, never do things with like family or loved ones. It's like, no, he's not saying that, but, but seek first the kingdom of God and the rest he will take care of. Jesus says, this is what you are called to. He is inviting you into his party, the party that is greater than any party we could ever possibly imagine. He's calling you to that. And when you let that shape you, it will change how you live. 
and you can live in anticipation of that party, even though we aren't fully experiencing it now, we can live in anticipation of it now. Like, it's kind of like this. Like, say you have in your possession a party for, for the, uh, an invitation to the greatest party of the year tonight. You have the invitation to it. You're going to it. Whoever your, like, famous person is that you admire, that you're like, man, it'd be awesome to, like, meet them, they're going to be there, and you're going to have some, like, one-on-one time, VIP time to get to know them. Whoever that is for you, it's like, this is the event of the year, and you got an invite for it. If you have that invite to that party, when you wake up, you know what you're going to do? You're going to have a bounce in your step. I'm going to the party later today. And you're going to have an air of confidence and an ease that's like, doesn't matter what else is going to happen today, because I know I'm going to the party. When you talk to people, you know what you're going to do? You're going to find ways to talk about the fact that you're going to the party, right? Yeah, I can go to lunch with you. Yeah, I can help you out with that thing. But don't forget, like, I got the party I'm going to later. Like the big party, the great one. I get to go to it. So I got to make sure, like, I can be with you now, but I'm going later. And you're going to make sure that your calendar is cleared, right? You're going to pave the way so that nothing will stop you from getting to that party. And Jesus says, that's what it means. That's what it means right now. Seek first the kingdom of God. To realize that the party's coming. So maybe the things that you're afraid of, maybe you don't need to be as scared of them as you are because the party's coming. Maybe the things that you think are really, really big deals, maybe you realize, you know what? That's not as big of a deal as I thought because the party's coming. Maybe the decision that you've been holding off because you're worried that it's risky, that it's that it's going to be costly. Maybe you're like, you know what? I can take that. I can, I can lean into that even though it's going to cost me, even though it's It's scary, but it's faithful because I know, listen, the party's coming, so everything's going to work out. That, that is how we live, seeking the kingdom of God first because you've been invited to the party. Now, Jesus ends with the warning in it, too, that you've been invited, but at the end of the parable, Jesus makes it clear. At the end of all things, you will get exactly what you want. Like, he makes it very clear, you will get exactly what you want. He, he, he says, those people who made up all the other excuses about like, well, I need to check on my land, my oxen, I got married. He says, listen, all those people, they didn't want to be in the party. So you know where they end up? Out of the party. He says, if that's what you want, Jesus will give you exactly what you want. And he gives it as a warning for us to ask ourselves, man, where have I been putting other priorities out of this invitation and to turn to him and to seek after it? Because that's who gets in. But but Jesus wants us to remember this, that as much as it is people who, who seek after his kingdom, they're the ones who get in, he wants to make it abundantly clear. It's not because they've earned it or they've done anything to, like, prove themselves, to, 
to show they're better than anybody, to get closer to God by anything they do. No, if you want to go to the next slide, this is what Jesus says when the first invitation, or when the party is about to happen, it says this, the time for the banquet, the, the master sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. It may seem like a small detail, but, but it's this small glimpse into this is how it works to get into God's kingdom. The way you get in is completely free. It's completely free. Our God is astoundingly generous, is offensively gracious, that he says, you know what the entrance fee is into my party? Nothing. It is free. And I get it. Some of you may be like, sure, I've been told that before by that salesperson, that this is free. And then later on, you're like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because it isn't actually free. But when Jesus says it, he's like, no, everything has been taken care of. And you know how you get into my kingdom is recognizing that it's completely free that you've done nothing to earn it, that you simply come and receive everything. That is what Jesus wants us to realize. Now, that doesn't mean there was no cost. There was just no cost to you and me, right? But there is one who paid the cost. In the parable, the master is the one, right? He gets everything ready. He's the one who bears the cost, bears the burden, so that everyone can come in free of charge. And it's the same way with God's kingdom, only it is Jesus himself who bears the cost. Jesus who entered into this life, and he lived our life. He faced the same pressures and temptations and struggles that you and I face. And you know what we often do? We, we give in to temptation. We let worldly priorities get above God's priorities. But you know what Jesus never did? Jesus never gave in to temptation. And he always kept God's kingdom at the forefront of his mind. He was faithful and perfect. And then, out of his perfect life, he died sacrificially on the cross. And on the cross, he bore the payment of our sin, of our misplaced priorities. Jesus said, I will pay the cost with my very own life. And he paid it for you. He took the burden. He took the payment so that you don't have to pay. He has covered it. And then he was laid in a grave and then rose out of it. And it wasn't just his grave he rose out of, but it was your grave. It was your grave that he rose out of. And he showed this, that that you may not be able to conquer death, but he has. So that now you don't need to fear death because he has conquered it. He has won the victory over it, and he gives you life eternal as a gift. He has done it all. All you need to do is simply receive it. You simply acknowledge, I have done nothing to get into this party. It's all because of Jesus. It's like you show up to the gates of God's party, and they have the bouncer. And he's like, why should you get in? And then you just point to Jesus, and you're like, I'm with him. And that's it. I'm with him. He's with me. He's done it all. It is offensively and over-the-top, graciously free for you and me. And let's just be honest about this point for a second. 
this is where some people get tripped up. Because maybe you've received a gift from somebody that is so great that you're almost guilty for accepting it. Maybe you've had a gift from someone, you're like, how can I ever accept this? I got to do something for them, right? Maybe you have that internal sense of like, I got to try and pay them back somehow. That's the gift of Jesus. It is so over the top and gracious and, and amazing that maybe there's some of us that think, surely it can't be that easy. Surely I got to do something. And Jesus says, no, there's nothing you do. And if you try to do something, it's as if like, a good friend of yours invites you out to a three-star Michelin restaurant, one of the top restaurants in the world, invites you to it, and is like, I got, I got it covered. I got the bill covered. Just show up. I'll take care of everything. You can even order some stuff to go. Like, do that. I'm encouraging you to do it, and I'll pick up the bill. And if you show up and you're like, thank you for inviting me. Thanks for covering everything. I wanted to contribute something. I got my grandma's favorite meatloaf recipe. I'm adding it to the dinner. You know what your friend's going to say to you? Uh, you can leave. Because <laughs> what you're doing is you are offending the gift giver. They're like, I want to give you this gift. I don't want anything in return. I just simply want to give you this gift. And to try and pay them back can offend the gift giver. And Jesus says, listen, don't come and try and say, I need to give you something. Jesus, Jesus says, no, no, no. I've done it all for you. It's free. Come into the party. Receive it. And so here's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to take this in and let it shape us now. Because this party's coming. The party's coming, and you're invited. If you're listening to my words right now, here's what I know. Jesus is inviting you to the party. And guess what it costs you? Nothing. You're in. And he invites you to, to seek after it, to prioritize it. And as you do that, how should we live now then? Well, this is where the very beginning of the story is instructive. Uh, you can go to the next slide there, Ella Haven. Um, the very beginning of the story, it begins like this in Luke 14. says this, Jesus also told this, said to the man who had invited all the people to the party. So he's at a dinner party and he says this, when you give a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends or your brothers, or your relatives, or rich neighbors. <laughs> Don't invite those rich people over to the party, lest they also invite you in return, and you be repaid by them. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. In other words, here's what Jesus is saying. Here's what you do, living in light of the fact that God's party is coming and you've been invited and Jesus has paid the entrance fee and he's brought you in. You know what you do in the meantime as we wait for the party is you live your life as like a little kind of foretaste party. You get the appetizers and you get to operate your, your home your relationships, how you interact with other people, you get to live saying, there's a, there's a better party coming, but I want my life to be kind of a mini party. And Jesus says this, I want you to invite people who can't pay you back to your party. Because that's what he's done for us. He wants you to bless people 
who you, you bless them, not expecting anything else in return. And so Jesus wants you to ask that question. How can you live your life? How can you run your house, have your friendships, operate at work in ways that say this, who are the people that are overlooked around me? That other people aren't inviting to their parties. How can I invite them to to my party, to my home, to my sphere of influence? How can I welcome them in? How can I reach out to them and make sure they know that they're seen and they're cared for and they're not forgotten? Jesus is saying, I want you to imitate that because that's exactly what God has done for you. And you know what's going to happen? As you do that, you will be blessed. You will be blessed now and in eternity. But you know what's also going to happen? Is you're going to get to invite them, not just to your party, but to the party. You get to use that as an opportunity. When they ask you the question, why in the world are you blessing me? Why in the world are you doing this for me? Why are you caring for me? Why did you do this X, Y, or Z for me? And you get to tell them, this is what God has done for me. And I know there's a, there's a great party coming. And I just want to, in my little way, live in anticipation of that. And then you get to tell them, and God wants you at that party too. Jesus has done it all for you. And you get to invite them to that party. That's what Jesus invites us to do. What's the best party you've ever been to? The biggest, flashiest, over-the-top party. I'm sure it was awesome. But I got good news for you. There's a better party coming. And you're invited. And you know what's even better? It's free. Jesus has welcomed you into the party. It's coming. May that shape your life now and forever. Amen.